Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. Let's see what the Lord has for us. The Bible says this in verse number 14. It says, And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them, the scribes questioning with them. Straightway all the people, and, be, and they beheld him, were greatly amazed, running to him, saluted him. When he asked the scribes, What question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son with a dumb spirit. Wheresoever he taketh him, teareth him. And he foameth and gnasheth his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out. And they could not. If you're in the habit of marking in your Bibles, I want you to stop in verse number 18 and mark that phrase right at the very end of verse number 18. And they could not. It's a very important phrase there. And they could not. Continue in verse number 19. This is Jesus speaking here. He answereth him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. They brought him unto him. When they saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. He fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. He asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? He said of a child, And oft times it cast him into the fire, and into the waters to destroy him. Thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Straightway the father of the child cried out, and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Jesus saw that the people came running together. He rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, enter no more into him. The spirit cried and rent him sore, came out of him. He was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, he arose. When he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind come forth by nothing, but by prayer, fasting. So we have this event here in Mark chapter number 9, right in the middle of this chapter. His disciples 
waited until they were alone with Jesus. And privately they said, why could we not cast him out? They wanted to know. Why couldn't we do this? Why not? Jesus simply responded, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. This kind. Again, if you're in the habit of marking your Bibles, I want you to mark that phrase, this kind. Those two words, this kind. We'll use those two words as the title of the message this morning as we preach. This kind. Let's pray this morning and we'll get started. Our Heavenly Father, I thank You. God, You've done so much for us. Father, as we come to You this day, we need Your power. God, I think about all the times in my life that I've made attempt to do Your work without You. Father, it honestly is scary to think about doing it without You. Father, I know it's been done. I know I've done it. God, I know it's failed each and every time. God, I don't want to do that today. I know our church doesn't want to do that. So, Father, we pause here right now, to ask that You would go before us, that Your Holy Spirit would take complete control over this service. Father, that we would have Your power and Your presence. Your way would be done and accomplished this day. Please help us in this. Fill us. We yield ourselves to You as Your servants to obey what You would have for us. Oh God, help us. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thomas Aquinas was a Roman Catholic scholar who lived in the middle 1200s, a brilliant thinker. He left a great imprint on the fabric of his time. Of course, the Catholic Church grew 
abundantly during that time. Upon visiting the Vatican, Thomas Aquinas came and stood before the Pope. And the Pope reportedly saying, I'm uncertain whether this story is completely true or not, but the Pope reportedly spoke to Thomas Aquinas and saying to him, said, Behold, Master Thomas braggingly said, The church can no longer say, as St. Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. As they had acquired much wealth. Thomas Aquinas was quick to reply to the Pope. He said, Alas, neither can we say what follows. But such as I give I to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. See what the Pope was braggingly saying. Look, we've arrived. Look what all we have. Thomas Aquinas understood something. A truth that many, many people even today fail to see. Success is not measured in the size of one's facilities, in the size of a crowd, in the size of an offering. Real success of a church or a ministry is measured of whether or not it has the power of God on it. You see, a crowd can be gathered in many different ways. Amen. Look, if we were gonna if we were gonna measure success by crowd size, I think the church would lose. We would lose every week. The NFL would have us beat. Sad to say. Success is not measured in a crowd size. Not when we're comparing the things of God. So we come to Mark chapter 9 this morning. I want to begin by giving you the setting of what's taking place here. In verse number 14, the Bible says, And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them. Now we started kind of in the beginning, or not in the beginning, we started in the middle of what's taking place. If you start at the beginning of Mark chapter number 9, you'll find Jesus along with Peter, James, and John, going into a high mountain. And in that high mountain, you'll find the story where Jesus sets Himself and the three disciples apart from the other disciples. 
and he transfigures himself and begins having a meeting with Elijah and Moses. We usually refer to the story as the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter, James, and John are standing there, and they're in awe. Jesus is transfigured into a, uh, it's nothing but whiteness. As he's standing there having this conversation, the disciples are standing there, and when he's done having the conversation, they hear the voice of God saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. When the meeting is over, Peter begins by saying, Oh, it is good that we have been here today. We need to build a tabernacle. As a matter of fact, we need to build three. We need to build one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. How about that? Hallelujah. Jesus says, well, no, I don't know. Let's not get too hasty here. And, and I don't know, you know, Peter was never usually without too many words. And I don't know if that was just the first thing that Peter thought or... Uh, I don't know exactly what Peter was getting at, but that's what Peter had to say, and so he just said it. And I can kind of identify with Peter a little bit uh, in saying, you know, maybe speaking before thinking sometimes. I have a tendency of doing that myself from time to time. And so Jesus is uh, coming down from that mountaintop experience with Peter, James, and John. That left nine disciples down in the valley, or in town, if you will. Now they're there, and a group of scribes came seeking Jesus. One of them had an issue, one of them had a problem. We see here in verse number 17, as one of them steps up to tell Jesus, he said, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. So while Jesus was gone with Peter, James, and John, this group came together, and one of them had a son that needed Jesus. But all they could find was the nine disciples. And so they brought this son to the nine disciples, looking for Jesus, Jesus not being there, the nine disciples try to help this man and his son. And as we read, you can see the verse, the disciples could not. They couldn't do it. Now, I don't know about you, we, we are only left to our imagination here when it comes to filling in some of the blanks that are left within Mark chapter 9 and other passages of Scripture of what is taking place here. And, and sometimes my imagination gets pretty vivid. Now, again, I, I can only think as a man of what I would do as a disciple. I don't know what you would do as a disciple but I know what I would do as a disciple if it were me and I were in the place of the nine. Okay? So that's how I'm going to tell it. Is that okay? Again, I want you to understand, I'm going to speak very clearly here, this is not in the Scripture. Right, Brother Jim? It's not there. You will not find this in the Scripture. 
But if I were there and I was of the nine, I would do it how Jesus had done it. That's how I would do it. I mean, Brother Keith, they had seen Jesus do this before. And so I imagine the disciples, they get there, and maybe one of them scooped up some dirt and, like, threw it at the kid. Put it on him. Maybe one of them stood up and said, Come out of him! Nothing happened. I have no idea. But all I know is, they couldn't do it. Or let me rephrase that. They didn't do it. Notice who said that they couldn't do it. Who said they couldn't do it? The man's, or the boy's father said they couldn't do it. Jesus didn't say they couldn't do it. The boy's father said they couldn't do it. The disciples said they couldn't do it. But Jesus didn't say they couldn't do it. But they tried. And they were there. And, and then there's this commotion that gets stirred up. Because when Jesus comes down off the mountain, and I don't know if Jesus comes down and they're in the midst of trying to cast them out, or what. But there was something going on because when they come down, Jesus sees what's taking place. That's what's happening when Jesus comes down off the mountain. That's what Peter, James, and John, who just comes down off of this mountaintop experience, Peter coming down, I mean, he's drawing the plans for the tabernacles. And they come down and they see the other nine disciples who are, I think, probably pretty distraught. They're defeated. You know the feeling, by the way. Because you know why? You've been defeated, haven't you? You've been there where you know the feeling how, I just can't do this. You've been spiritually defeated. I've been spiritually defeated. You get there and it's like, why do I bother? I don't know, I don't, I don't know why I bothered coming to church this morning. I'm not going to get anything out of this. Never do. I don't know why I'm going. That's where the disciples were. I mean, you got these scribes, they've all gathered together now. They're looking for Jesus. Oh, they can't do it. Oh, they tried. And I picture this setting here where you, you've got the scribes and you've got the nine disciples and you've, you've got the others, they're there and they're going back and forth, back and forth. And look, the disciples, they were men, were they not? And again, I'm not trying to read more into the Scripture. I promise you, I'm not, I'm not. But I, I just, because I know men, the disciples had pride. And I can see, I can see one. I can just see this. I'm not, I don't know if it happened this way or not, but I can just see one uh, saying, all right, all right, you failed, it's my turn. I, I got this. You see, you can see it too, can't you, Jim? I mean, you know, oh, oh, I got this. And then, and then the next one, you know, Norm comes up, you know, disciple Norm. He's like, okay, I got this. 
Let me button my coat. <sighs> okay, that didn't work. Let me take the jacket off. Uh, you know, hold on. <laughs> Benny Hinn style. <laughs> you know, let me get him. Uh, and that didn't work. Uh, oh, man. You want to try? You <laughs> doesn't even want to try. You want to try, Josh? No, he doesn't want to try either. Brother Keith, will you give it a try? I mean... After like the sixth disciple, nobody even wants to try now. Now here comes Jesus. So that's the setting. Let's look at the story. Jesus comes down. This man, he says, Well, I was looking for you, but I found your disciples. They couldn't do it. Jesus says, Oh, you faithless generation. There's the key. You faithless generation. How long? Look what he says. How long? How long shall I be with you? How long? Shall I suffer you? Bring them unto me. Faithless generation. He's talking to all of them, by the way. They brought him unto him. So Jesus, he has them bring him to him. The disciples failed. The commotion's going on. Jesus just starts asking a few questions. The Father. He begins to answer. He says, well, he wants to know how long has it been? He says, well, I believe it's been since he was a child. He says, of a child. And he's, he's been awful to him. He's cast him into the fire. He's put him into the water. But thou canst do anything. Have compassion on us. Help us. He says, if you can't, he said, if you can do anything, he said, if there's anything you can do, help us. Just have compassion. Jesus as well. If you can believe, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Jesus just wanted to know. Simple question. First simple question. Hey, first simple question. How long has he been like this? Well, since a child. Oh, okay. Since since a child. If you can't if you can't do anything, just just have some compassion and help us. He says, Well, you can just believe. All things are possible to him that believes. He says, oh. He says, well, 
begins to cry. You can imagine, again, this is an emotional time. Okay? Now, you, you have to understand this, too. Okay? And, and I don't know how many of you get emotional. Uh, I, I, I get emotional. My emotions, man, it's like a termite a yo-yo sometimes. You figure that out later. It's like up, down, up, down. It's like, where do I go? This man just came to the disciples. They couldn't do it. You ever lost hope? Be honest here. You ever lost hope? The man had already lost hope, folks. Because the disciples, remember, they couldn't. They could not. They could not. So by the time he gets to Jesus, or by the time Jesus gets to him, his hope, he didn't have much. Look, if you just believe, all things are possible to those that believe. And he says through tears as he cries, he says, Lord, I believe. I believe. Would you help my unbelief? Well, hold on a second. Now look, folks, does that even make sense? He says, I believe, but at the same time, I don't believe. Now look, if you've ever lost hope, it makes perfect sense to you. He says, I believe, but at the same time, I don't believe. Now here's, again, here's the greatest, in my opinion, my opinion, the greatest part about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He dealt with His belief, not His unbelief. You see, you and I, we, we like to deal with the unbelief. Jesus dealt with His belief. What did he do? So how do we know that? Look, look what he did. Jesus looked at the boy. He saw the crowd coming. Jesus looked at the boy and he said, Hey, come out of him. What he did. He said, You want me to help your unbelief? You believe? Help your unbelief? I can help. He looked at the boy and he said, Come out of him. And what the what the spirit do? He came out of him. Why? Because he didn't have any other option. Because God said so. And he tear he Bible says he teared him, tore him up, and he laid there. That some even said he laid there like he was dead. That some even said he was dead. Until Jesus touched him by the hand and raised him up. 
Hallelujah. Folks, that's a miracle. But the disciples, you know what? They were still defeated. You know why? Because they could not. They could not. They could have asked right then, but they waited. They got into the house, and it's just them. It's Jesus. And they said, Jesus, why couldn't we? Why couldn't we do that? And again, my mind goes to, they probably... They probably likely said the same words that Jesus said. But it didn't work. They probably used the same motions. They probably said it with the same authority. Now they want to know. What did we do wrong? Where did we go off? Why couldn't we cast him out? What did we miss? Jesus said, this kind. Two words, this kind. The setting. It was, it was there, the story. Let me give you the significance. This kind. Jesus said, can come forth by nothing, but by prayer and fasting. The significance is in the prayer and it's in the fasting. This kind. What is prayer? Webster defines prayer as the act of asking for favor, particularly with earnestness. Fasting is going without for a particular amount of time, but more importantly, fasting is an act and a sign of a humbling. Jesus said this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer, Fast. This kind. Now it's interesting to note that when the disciples were trying to cast out this spirit, 
that Jesus was somewhere else. He was somewhere else. He was apart from me. Not nearby. He was with Peter, James, and John. In fact, he was he was with Moses and Elijah. They were by themselves. The significance this kind. What kind? This kind. This kind? I mean, this was a big kind. This was a spirit. This was a demon. This was a big kind. This kind can come forth by nothing, but by prayer, fasting. By asking favor with earnestness and a humbling before God. I wonder this morning. And, and not just in, in your life, but in my life, in, in our life as a congregation, as a church. How many times have we attempted to do something on a, really on any realm, but more importantly on a spiritual realm, that we haven't even consulted God. It's kind of scary to think about, isn't it? I mean, look, we, we, have, we have three, four services a week. It's easy. It's easy to go about life. It's easy. I'm a pastor. I, I have to preach. Look, hey, everybody knows Sunday's coming, right? Sunday is always coming. There is, there is always a sermon to preach. Guy got to preach. I got to preach. It's honestly, it's scary to think about the number of times I've stood up and delivered a sermon. But I didn't consult him. You say, would you do that? I would like to hope not, but I'm sure I have. Because Sunday's always coming. Wednesday's always coming. As a church, hey, we we want to have a we want to have a special Easter. 
want to have a big Easter? Would we ever have a big Easter without consulting God? Oh. Now we may say, no, we would never have, we would never have a big Easter without consulting God, but what about a Sunday? We should never have a Sunday without consulting God. We should never have a Monday without consulting God. Hey, this kind though. You see, we're asking God to do something big. You say, well, why do we need to go through 40 days and pray and fast? Why? Because this kind, we're asking God to do something special. And this kind, I'm convinced, can come forth. By nothing. This kind. But look, listen. This kind. Here's another reason. I'm also convinced that this kind, when we start asking God to do something special and we start making steps to say, hey, we're going we're gonna to take some steps to pray. We're going to take some steps to fast. We're going to take some steps to do this. You know who starts paying attention? Satan. You know who walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour? Some of you have missed some Wednesday nights. For the last five, six weeks, you can watch them on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. You can go back and watch. been talking about knowing your enemy. Listen, the enemy is real. The enemy is lurking. You want to know, listen to me, you want to know one of the places the enemy hits when he's lurking? Relationships. Yeah. You know what a church is full of? Anybody know what a church is full of? Relationships. People, because people equal relationships. Anybody ever have a problem with somebody in church? Raise your hand. Be honest. You ever had a problem with somebody in church? Get Everybody put your hand up. Because you've all had a problem with somebody in church before. If you're married, you're sitting next to them. You live with them. Come on. And they're in church. That's doubled. You live with them and they're in church. Some of you bring your problems. I'm partly kidding, but it's also serious. What is that? Hey, Jesus said to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. What is that? It's a relationship. Where is Satan going to attack? Relationships. Whether it's in the home, whether it's in church. Hey, listen, we need to be on guard. It's a, that's a real good place for somebody to say, Amen. It's a real good place. Because somebody needs to be on guard. And listen, I know, I know, listen, uh, the preacher's supposed to be on guard. I can't be the only one on guard. Somebody else got to be on guard. We need somebody with a, you know, double gauge shotgun or two barrel shotgun with some, you know, 12 gauge buckshot in it. Something. Because the lion's seeking whom he may devour. That's why we must pray. 
why we must fast. Because we want to see God do something. We must pray. God, do something. Because this kind, this kind, can come forth but by nothing, but by prayer and fasting. So, well, I don't want to give up this stuff. I understand. I do. Give up something else. Say, so I'm going to spend some time praying. Give up something else. So I can't give up caffeine. It's, it's, I just can't. Give up something else. Give up something else. Give up walking. Just stay in bed. There you go. Give up work. Don't go to work for 10 days. Tell your boss religious reasons. There you go. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? I'll even write a note for you. Please don't. <laughs> I'll write a note, but it won't be a good one. Misspelled words and all. No, I mean, find something, you know, but join us and say, hey, the devil's real. The devil's real. I'm going to help pray and fast because this kind, this kind, every head bowed, every eye closed.